Well, that's week three in the books. So much to talk about. We'll be starting with a run-through of the past week's games. Although, between the Dolphins' historic win and the Cowboys being pecked to death by the Cardinals, it's hard to know where to begin. We'll have the usual news, injury report, waiver pickups, projection beaters and tier list. Plus, this week, Al will be locking me and Lou in the panic room to uh, see how worried we are about certain underperformers so far this season. If you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, ask a question, tell us how rubbish we are, you can write in at inthepocketacrossthepond at gmail.com. And I'm Alex Sharples, I'm here with Alex and Lewis Brindle, and this is In The Pocket, Across The Pond. Feel free to check the tape for the receipts, but I do believe Devon A. Chain, or how, how is he saying it's pronounced? I don't know. It's not A. Chain, it's like A. Chan. A. Chan. Um, okay. But Devon A. Chain was in my waiver picks last week. I, the un, The unspoken thing with my waivers last week is that I did imply that he would score 50 points. Mm. Um, read into... I cut, that, words. I cut that out. Oh, yeah, You yeah, did yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah. editing we it. We thought it sounded stupid. Yeah. Um, but I want to start, like Lou did a few weeks ago, with my favourite memes of the week. <laughs> of course, we have all the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift gossip that's just sweeping the community, the nation. <laughs> um, the, there's tons of Mike McDaniel... Uh, memes, one of him standing in the middle of the crowd seemingly getting fans to call plays. Very convincing it's a lookalike though. It, it, One know. million percent it's a lookalike. Why would any NFL coach ever do that? Yeah, but I mean, who's going who's gonna to tell him off for doing that? Who's going to have a go at him? One by 70 points. Yeah. Well, scored 70 points. Um, speaking of McDaniel though, there's his redemption arc as well from Ball Boy at the Broncos to coaching intern, applying for the vacancy last year, and then putting up 60 points against uh, Denver. Hell of an arc. <laughs> but my favourite meme reads as follows. Najee Harris is a physical specimen. He's 6'2", 242 pounds, and runs a four five forty. The problem is he's horrible at football. Correct. Facts. <laughs> just a, that's just a list of facts. We've already mentioned that Miami game, though. Let's get into the games last week by talking about that first. Denver 2070 Miami. See, this... I'll just speak on it first, lads, because this made me realise the NFL this year is a little like the Premier League in that the bad teams, the real basement dwellers, are truly terrible. In the Premier League, you're talking about Luton, Sheffield United, Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves all could realistically score less than 20 points over the course of the season. And this week in the NFL, we had so many teams who made you question whether they should bring in a policy of relegation. You know, so many blowouts. Mm. The games are really, really close or complete blowouts. Um, yeah, I know. But we've got to talk about this one. Mm. It was amazing. Um what what were you saying about the coaching job last year, Sean Payton? Oh, it's and you know what? Because he's been such a he's been he's been so you know 
um, coming after guys for no reason. You know, I know he was like a he was a pundit last year, so he's talking about this, that, and the other to do with the Dolphins and even just needless comments in the off season and stuff. So it is funny to see Sean Payne, who I still do believe is a, you know. Is a solid NFL head coach despite getting beaten by seventy points. Don't it? Yeah, but um, it is funny to see a guy like that, you know, really stubborn, one of these sort of old school guys, getting absolutely shown up by you know sort of, sort of this new generation mm. of of head coaches. Embarrassing, really embarrassing. Um, it's sort of like a game that you literally only see once in a lifetime. Yeah, usually. Lou, Lou. I know in the league that we're in, you traded for him most last week, didn't you? I did. Um, I can't take all the credit for that. I was originally going after Brees Hall and the guy sort of came back at me and was like, how about most instead? And I was like, yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> fine, I'll take the running back one. Fine, I'll take, the, the, fine, fine, I'll take the running back one, um, which worked out for me. I will preface that in that league I didn't win this week. Um, how? Exactly. How? Um, but yeah, just... A, Absolutely dominant display. Every like what we've said in the past about Miami, and that it's like it's like a hot knife carving through butter. That was it on every offensive play. It was ridiculous to watch. Um, everyone at the Broncos um, on the defensive side of the ball um, has some serious thinking to do. Yeah, Sharples, did you enjoy this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to a tug of Iloa in the league, so uh, it was beautiful. Um, I think interesting as well, Lou, you're talking about um, sort of Sean Payton versus McDaniel. I think it used to be Sean Payton who was the offensive guru. You know, people never wanted to go up to uh, New Orleans with, with against him and Drew Brees and sort of McDaniel is the is the new version of that. I mean, it was just unbelievable. 726 yards, which I think I read somewhere is the second most since like the 50s or something. I've not got yeah, the stats Yeah, second most all time, which is... All time, yeah. You just got to... Yeah, you just got to stop and think how ridiculous that stat is, considering how different the game was yeah. 60 years ago, 70 years ago. Well, I that is absolutely ridiculous. I thought they were playing replays yeah. of some of these chunk plays and, and huge runs. I, I also feel like I was playing someone from the, the Dolphins in every league that I'm in because... Maybe I shouldn't openly admit this as a host of this podcast, but I lost everywhere this past week, lads. I lost everywhere. Ended up getting a win for a pretty contentious, um, let's call it, um, roster negligence uh, kind of decision in one of the leagues. So I got the win from a technicality, but I lost everywhere this week, lads. I'm hurting, and I'm more so hurting because my players and my teams are the kind of teams where all you can really do is put the same team out the next week. We'll talk about some waves in a bit, of course, and, and players that I'll be looking to pick up. But yeah, I think I was playing a Miami Dolphins player everywhere. Um, but from a complete blowout to a really close game that we all knew was going to be close, but the Chargers beat the Vikings. The Vikings are 0-3. Sharples, are they done this year, the Vikings? Tough to say, because I mean, I don't... I don't... Think an awful lot of of their division, and and you look at the weapons they've got. I still think if anyone's going to make a sort of late charge, it'll be them. But I was looking into it, and apparently only uh, four teams have made the playoffs after a, after an zero and three start. So mm. it's it's not great. But I just think they've they've got a solid quarterback. They've obviously they've got Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the league. So I think if anyone can do it, it can be them. And again, I think in in their division particularly, there's. there's 
the scope to do it, but they've just looked bad these first three games. And to be honest, I wasn't that much more impressed with the charges, to be fair. And Brandon Staley, man, fourth quarter on your own 24-yard line, don't run the ball. No. Yeah. Mm, he's fortunate that that didn't just completely tank the game for him. To well, I mean, it, sh- it should have done, really, and they got fortunate they didn't because, obviously, the Vikings snuck the way up there and, and, and then, yeah, obviously, it bounces off Hawkinson, interception, they win the game, but, I mean... You think, I mean, you think with Staley, he's had so many questionable calls. Sometimes they pay off, but a lot of times they haven't. And in big profile games, they haven't. Come on, man. It's like he wants to get sacked. I don't know what his contract is, but <laughs> I mean, it must be pretty cushy. He must have a good little payout set attached payout. to it. He's trying to get Great fired. He wants to be on the beach. Yeah. yeah. Lou, you don't see much development in either of these teams this season, no. do you? The same as they were last year. And I feel like it's the same. These teams are the same. They've got. Decent weapons and a decent quarterback, poor head coaches, poor defenses, and the whenever they do win, they barely scrape by. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of um, one possession games. We're seeing the Vikings this year be on the other side of the coin of those one score games. The Chargers happen to be this year, but to me, they are the AFC and the NFC equivalent of each other. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, lads, I, I fell asleep at around 9 o'clock on Sunday, uh, so I'm assuming I've got a bit of an error here in my notes because it says Cardinals 28, 16 Cowboys. That that should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really... I don't really know what to say here because I watched the game and it was... Uh, they, they just... The, the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys fur and square. Yeah, really? I know. Like, not much else to not say. Much and I, I will say as well, like, you know, as Mimi as Gannon had been before the season, there is something to say for how hard the Colts and the um, the Cardinals are playing teams. Like, they're, they're getting legitimate wins. Those Colts wins have been legitimate. This Cardinals win against the Cowboys was a legitimate win. Um, <clears throat> decent stuff. And yet... <laughs> There's no you can say they just they they beat the Cowboys fair and square. Go on, Sharples, do your worst. Um, no, that was that was very sensible of you, Lou. I was really hoping that you'd that you'd be aggrieved and I could just laugh. But yeah, no, they, I mean, I don't know whether it's just overconfidence creeping in. I think they probably rocked up there assuming to win, just like everyone else thought they would do. They got beat, and and as much as I've been um, critical of the Cardinals this season, and, and you know, predicting they go on seventeen, they've actually impressed me. Like they they've they've played hard. Obviously, they let that big. That big lead slips the Giants, but they've shown they're not going to roll over. They're probably the least talented team on paper, but they've been scrapping. And yeah, they've just turned up and beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't. I think this is just going to be a blip for the Cowboys. I don't think this means anything. I don't, they don't think we need to read too much into it. Um, one mm-hmm. thing I will say is I think Tony Pollard is is being overworked. I think I think he's had the most touches of anyone um, this season so far in the, in the first few weeks. I think we need to see a little bit more of... Uh, what's that What's that small lad's name? Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, because um, he, he looks quite crafty. I do think one hit and he's probably going to get broken in half. Um, but yeah, I think Pollard's looking a little bit tired. I think we might need a bit of rotation there, but you just got to put this one in the in the, in the the back mirror and, and, and move on to the next week. Yeah, agreed. I don't think the Cardinals... Uh... As bad as we initially thought, but elsewhere you had the 49ers, the Lions, Browns, Bills, Texans, Chiefs, and Eagles with big wins. Texans just completely dominated the Jaguars, which is 
you know, part of a baffling ongoing saga there. The, the Jags can't really get past the Texans. And the Packers, Colts, Patriots, Steelers and Bengals winning pretty tight games. But impressive victory. It has to be the Dolphins probably. I don't even know why I'm saying probably. They scored 70 points. Yeah, we all want to agree it's Dolphins. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think Texans and Colts deserve shout-outs for good, especially the Texans. Texans look really good. Uh, mm. CJ Stroud looks like the dude of those quarterbacks at the minute, even though um, I think Andy Richardson's a seriously good play, in, play for fantasy. Um, not buying it win, Lou. Hard one this week, just because, as you mentioned up top, like there was a lot of close games, a lot of blowout games, um, and the blowout games were sort of... You know, like all all very convincing, no matter who it was. Um, so I went with the Patriots just because you know they barely scraped by against a reeling Jets team, and I can't. You tell me the Patriots are going to compete in this division? So yeah, Patriots for me, not buying a win. Shuffles. Um, Steelers for me. Think they're a very unconvincing two and one. Um, don't like the look of the offense. Uh, I was just having a skim skim through the standings. I think they've, especially for teams that are two and one, they think they've scored the lowest points. Um, yeah, not convinced. Don't think it's going to last. Yeah, and uh, I've got the Cardinals because I'm a bit of Cowboys fan, oh. and they cheated. They did. They, they cheated. Did. They did. I forgot. That. We couldn't hold it. We well. couldn't hold it together. No, they did cheat. They, they cheated. We couldn't they hold did. it together. Yeah. We we were shaking over here, Shaffles, oh, yeah. <laughs> pretending that we were. Uh, that we weren't so oh, losers. Stupid idiot. I have gone with the stupid cheating idiot. Cheating idiot. <laughs> Seriously though, I did put the Cardinals for that. And anyway, the worst team in the league for me. This is pretty cathartic. It reminds me of last year. <laughs> I think the Bron. Yeah, it's the Broncos. After this past week, you can't concede seventy points and not be the worst team in the league, can yeah. you, Lou? I have gone for the former. NFL franchise, Denver Broncos. <laughs> Sharples. I mean, I think losing to a team that's going to finish 1-16, and um, it's just, yeah, just a diabolical week, despite what I said previously. Don't. Can I get a yeehaw? It's the Dallas Cowboys. Don't. Oh, should have seen that one coming. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to get a chance to say it later on, so I'm just going to squeeze it in there now. Okay, great. Cheers. (laughs) Well, let's look to some of those fantasy performances. Um, Your weekly top fives at each position, quarterback Herbert, Tua, Lamar, Mahomes and Cousins. Running back, of course, A-Chain and Moster. Ken Walker with a great game, McCaffrey. And Zach Moss is getting it done. I would like to have a special mention in this section to my guy, DeAndre Swift. You know, he had one of those performances that happen each year where you question the value of PPR leagues because he had a modest 14 fantasy points uh, in what was a 16-carry, 130-yard rushing performance. Compared to Kenneth Gamewell's 14 carries for 43 yards, um, it's Swift's backfield, gents. He's, he's the hot hand. He's playing really well. Wide receiver, you had Keenan Allen go completely off. Devontae Adams. Adam Thielen's still alive. Coast Tyreek Hill, Jefferson. Uh, but Chase, Tank Dell, Debo, Mike Williams and Mara Cooper were great too. And at tight end, Laporta. I think we've got a new star on our hands. Kelsey, Kittle, Farrah Brown and Donald Parham. But uh, lads, any... Standout performances, individuals to you this past week. 
I mean, take your pick. The lads who combined for ninety points. Yeah, the lads who combined for ninety points, of yeah. course. Yeah, most yeah. at an air chain, to be specific. <laughs> and it's time for my my favourite section. I should call it this week heading back to the booth. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think the person heading for the booth is Sean Payton. Yeah. <laughs> How long, realistically, as as much as his ego tells him that he can turn this thing around, how long before he decides, this is enough, actually. I had a very cushy time of it last year. So I'm, I think Sean Payton's heading for the booth. How long? Personally. Well, is that an actual question? How long until he decides that? Yeah. Uh, minus two days ago. <laughs> um... Yeah, Hentavu Chopin. I mean, you could argue Russell Wilson heading to the booth, but I don't think it'd be. He's not been bad. NFL commentary. He's not been bad the past two weeks. No, he he hasn't to be. He hasn't to be fair, but it's just you know you lose like this, and somehow it gets turned on to okay. Well, they need a new quarterback. They need they need an overhaul. That's Wilson. Are you sure it's not Old Man Hopkins though? Old Man Hopkins did look like Old Man Hopkins. Old Man Hopkins! <laughs> Sean Payton, end of the booth. Heading back to the booth, yeah. I think, just, just to just to go back on it, I think what he'll do is demand a rebuild, get rid of everyone, and then leave just before the rebuild's about to take place. Oh, that would be I think be cold that's what's going to happen. He's going yeah. gonna to get his authority, like lay it down, get, get Wilson out of there, be buzzing about that, get to his office and think... Do I really want to spend the next three seasons losing and building up in this? Like, it's not even like they're in Miami; they have got the beach there. So I think it'll do that and then immediately leave before the season starts. Well, I agree. I agree with that. And Sean Payton has never had more leverage to um, to get power from an organization than right now. I think. <laughs> oh, what? Uh... <laughs> he just had the fourth worst loss in NFL history. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speaking of bad things, busts this week. Josh Kelly, Derek <laughs> Henry. Drop Josh Kelly, sorry. Drop him right Yeah, now. feel free to chime in. Feel free to heckle some of these names. Derek Henry, I'm worried about. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit more about Derek Henry in the waivers section for reasons that will become clear. Brees Hall, AJ Dillon, Darren Waller, Lewis's favourite player. <sighs> Lewis's other favourite fantasy piece, the Dallas defence, was technically a bust. Uh, And and you may be thinking, lads, that I'm missing some names, but all will become clear shortly. However, it's time to quickly look at last week's projections. And I say quickly because me and Sharples just want this section over and there's a certain person here. um, There's a certain person here that wants to to milk this section. Uh, You need some flowers to be fair. uh, player picks, players that we thought would beat the projections. I had a stinker with Matthew Stafford and Dol- particularly Dolan Schultz, but you know how much I hate tight ends. Sharples had a bit of a stinker with Kyron Williams and Hunter Henry, but a nice uh, pick of Jordan Love there. Jordan Love's looking good, but Lou, the stage is yours. Four hits out of four. Um, <laughs> He's, he, he can't contain <laughs> his joy on his face. Four hits out of four, the tight end won, the running back Three or four, um, you know, yeah. Um, listen, it just was a good week for me. Like, I've been, you know, 
sort of hinting at Laporta for a little while. I'm glad he blew up. Amari Cooper is a solid target in that offence. Ken Walker, Carbonet is nowhere to be seen. This is Ken Walker's backfield. Um, I'll be Would whole... you say that he is not on it like a Carbonet? <laughs> <laughs> He's not on it like a <laughs> Um Yeah, so I'd be holding strong with Ken Walker. I, I'm, I, I think this is going to be the theme for... The, the majority of the season for Ken Walker. I think he could be like sort of last year's um, Josh Jacobs, you know, where he, obviously he was still drafted quite a bit higher than Josh Jacobs was last year, but sort of like, um, you know, a round three to five running back who, who sort of soars and gets in that top 10. I feel like that's Ken Walker this year. And then Kirk Cousins, we knew it was going to be a shootout. It was a shootout. Um, just a really good bunch of picks by me. Well done. Well, well done, done mate. That's probably the best it's going to be all year, but yes, well done. Well Cheers. done, Now, from doing that job to, to doing the worst job, do you want to talk us through some news and injuries? Yeah, of course, we'll start with some injuries, the big one being Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers, tore his ACL um, in, in like the third, fourth quarter or something. He's done for the season. Um, obviously, you don't you never like to see that for a, for a player, Um been really tough for injuries so far this year. So yeah, Mike Williams is is done. We'll, we'll talk about some a couple of plays you might be able to pick up, um, you know, to sort of supplement that. But and then we had Derek Carr exiting the Saints game with a shoulder injury, AC joint sprain. He's going to be out at least this next week. They're calling it week to week, so just keep an eye on that. But he he's going to miss this week. Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol after the Raiders game. Um, on Monday night, or was it Sunday? Whichever one of them. Um, keep an eye on that. We know what Sunday. we know what concussions are like in the league now. So keep an eye on that one. And then just Nick Chubb, um, amazingly, somehow only tore his MCL. Impossible. On that gruesome play last week, and the timeline is six to eight months. Amazingly. It's going to take me six or eight months to erase that image from my brain. It was at a 90-degree angle. Yeah, so uh, the guy's body is legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Not a season end for Nick Chubb, great. And then a little, bit of, a little bit of news that came to us after we recorded last week. Cam Akers traded to the Vikings. Still don't really know what to make of that. Keep an eye on that. And then Kareem Hunt signed by the Browns, although Jerome Ford looks pretty damn good, so not sure what to make of that either. Realistically, by the way, what are you doing if you have Cam Akers? If if you had him on your bench or he was like your fringe, maybe flex play, but based on the first week or two at the Rams, you kept him on your bench, are you still keeping him? Yeah. Just to see. Just to see. Okay. Well, lads, I um, I said that I hadn't mentioned all the busts this week because I've got a bit of a section here for you called Panic Stations. I need to know your score out of 10 for your level of panic at this moment in time for these players. Jameer Gibbs is our first one. Out of 10, what level of panic are you at with Jameer Gibbs, if he's on your team, and think about how high you drafted him third round. What's your level of panic for Jameer Gibbs, Lou? Um, three, personally, just because rookie 
might take him a little while to find his feet in the offense. Still think he's a talented player. Um, I want to see more from him. Um, so th- a three for me. Three shackles. Um, I'd say a little bit higher. I'd probably go five. I think you're right, Al. I think the the draft capital really comes into it because if you wanted him, I think you had to take him in the third round. Um, and for me, it's it's really that the lack of receiving work um, because I'd seen a lot before the draft saying that you know he might even line up as a wide receiver. He's had he had fair enough week two against Seattle. He had nine targets for seven receptions, but other two games only had two targets. It's really not the sort of role. I thought we were going to get from him because, you know, we knew that David Montgomery going to be in there was going to probably be doing the, the short goal line work a lot like Jamal Williams did when, when it was he and Swift in the backfield. So, yeah, early days, he's a rookie. I think obviously, you know, long-term dynasty, n- no worry at all. But, you know, we're three games in now. If you're just in a, in a if, if you're not in a keeper league, type, I mean, yeah, Third round pick, there's a lot of talent that went around there. If you picked him, I think you've been disappointed with him so far. So, yeah, I think five out of ten for me. Yeah, I, I probably am where you are, Sharples, and I'm splitting it in two halves. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily concerned with the player because I think the talent looks great, but I am panicking a little bit because if I drafted Jameer Gibbs, I, I've probably got a losing record, to be honest with you. Uh, but up next, the Jaguars... Specifically, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley Sharples. What's your level of panic? Um, I'm not worried about not worried about Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, to be fair, I, I think you guys were higher on him than I was um, coming into the season. If we look back at the rankings, but for me, I think he's going to be relatively solid. I think he'll end up as a you know back end quarterback one still um, maybe the 10 11 mark I think he'll be fine he's got to, he's got to go my weapons Calvin Ridley I have to say I'm a little bit um, a little bit shocked at his decline to be fair I was very surprised when he came out in week one and absolutely smashed it because I thought it's going to take some time he's not you know he's not played football in in two years or whatever but obviously that week one 24 points but to come out then with a with a five and a seven he still had a good amount of targets just looking at it now eight and seven Mm, I, th- I think for Trevor Lawrence, I'm probably at a four. For Calvin Ridley, maybe a seven. Maybe a seven. It's not looking not looking right in 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 the past couple of weeks, but might be an overreaction. Um, yeah, it's just to to go from that the lofty heights of week one to where he's been for the past couple of weeks. I haven't drafted him anywhere, but I'd be worried if I had. Lou, well, as a man who did draft Calvin Ridley. I I would I would go much lower. Um, I would probably go. Um, I'd probably go three, three for both of them. Um, maybe Lawrence a little bit higher at four. But no, I'm, I'm going to say three for both of them just because these are talented players with a good head coach who are going to get right at some point. I mean, I'm going to talk in a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, so. I think that get right game is on its way. I mean, with Calvin Ridley, as you said, the targets are there, and just look at the targets. The targets sometimes aren't that good. Like this, this past week, he could have had a touchdown. He was just underthrown. He was underthrown. Lawrence underthrew him, um, which meant that the the cornerback was able to get in between him and the ball. If that ball was thrown a little bit higher, that's an easy touchdown for Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley still looks good. Um, my only worry about him is getting back on that rapport with Trevor Lawrence that he obviously showcased in week one. Interesting. 
Well, I feel as if the panic-ometer is about to break. Because we're going to talk about the Steelers running back Najee Harris. Lou, out of ten, if you can keep it to ten. <laughs> Seven. Just because... Uh, it isn't up the nine ten just because this looks like Najee Harris from the past couple of years. Like Najee Harris has never been amazing for fantasy football. He's never been a blow you out of the water running back. Um, obviously, this year it's getting sort of you know exemplified more because Jalen Warren's coming in and looking a bit more efficient than him, um, and he is struggling quite a bit. But seven for me because this this isn't out of the realm of possibility for Calvin for. Najee Harris for me, it's it sort of comes with the player, I guess. Sharps, any advances on seven? Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not been good, but I, I would have to agree. Just when you look at it in the in the circumstances, like if you if you drafted Najee Harris, you, I feel like you sort of should have known what to expect. Um, I think I think last week was more promising just for the sheer volume. Obviously, you know, nineteen attempts. Uh, week one and week two, six and ten respectively. So that's obviously panic stations. Yeah, I think it depends what you what you drafted him for. I mean, I, to be fair, I think I I didn't draft him anywhere. I don't think, but what I was expecting from him was a high floor, low ceiling guy. I was looking for sort of twelve, thirteen points a week, yeah, and he's he's half. I mean, he's half in that at the minute. So mm. yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't look good. Obviously, he's got Jalen. Warren uh, breathing behind his neck. I don't think they're a particularly exciting off in offense. Um, I think they're going to be chasing most games, so you think they'll be throwing it a bit more. He's not really a pass catcher. Um, putting myself in the shoes of someone who drafted him eight nine because I just don't know where the where the points are going to come from. If I'm being honest, yeah, I think I agree as well. Um, it's worrying, but maybe you anticipate some of this. Uh... Some of this mediocrity. Um, next one is someone who I think a lot of fancy managers are going to be interested in. It's Joe Burrow. Sharples, what, what's your panic level out of 10 for the highest paid player in history? Or maybe Patrick Mahomes' extension put him there. I'm not too sure. But what is your uh, panic level for the man that earns a lot of money? Yeah, I, I, I'm, still, I'm still low on this one. It's still a... It's still a two-three region. I, th- I mean, again, I'm in the comfortable position where I haven't drafted him, so it doesn't really mean that much to me. Although, you know, we've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. If you can, tra- and I've been endorsing that, if you can trade for him, go out and get him. So I'm not worried about him. I think there's probably some still, still some lingering um, issues from preseason. Obviously, he had that calf injury. I just, I just think this offense is too good for it not to, not to click. Um, and so yeah, I'd, I'd still be trying to hunt him out. I'd be trying to trying to go for him. Obviously, if you've drafted him, I could see how you might be. You'd be very worried, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think he's going to come good. I think you have to, and, and as well, you've got to think about it. I mean, if if you drafted him, the trade offers you're getting now, you're selling him at his lowest possible value. Even if you don't want to play him, stash him on your bench, pick up a, a Brock Purdy or something off the waivers, and and. and just give yourself a little bit more comfort because if you if you were to trade him now, you'd be trading him at his lowest possible value, and he could, you know, he could be a, a league winner if he, if he gets back to his old self by the end of it. So, yeah, two two out of ten. Sound advice, very sound advice, Lou. Yeah, same two. I will preface that 
what's you know what we're going into week four now. If 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 after week five we're still having these conversations about Joe Burrow, it's going to be an eight or a nine. But for now, two. Joe Burrow's a great player. He's got great weapons. Um, yeah, I'm 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 still going to stand by Joe Burrow. Still going to play him. Certainly a couple mild mannered mild mannered gentlemen tonight, but I think I've got you with this next one. <laughs> Justin Fields, Lou. Um, nine, but thankfully, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Finally, uh, finally, um, yeah. Um, nine. Thankfully, I didn't draft Justin Fields everywhere because I saw this coming. Uh, Justin Fields isn't a fantastic NFL quarterback, and I, I, and to be fair to the guy, I don't think he doesn't really sound like he's getting the support he needs from that team, from that coaching staff. Um, just a real bad situation there. Um, yeah, I saw it coming as well, but I drafted him in our main league, and I feel like when I think back to that moment, I, I'm like floating above myself. Watching myself pick Justin Fields, yeah. I'm screaming, "Don't do it! <laughs> Why are you doing it?" Yeah. Sharples. Well, if you want a good laugh, uh, I picked him as our uh, preseason MVP. Much like I picked Kyler Murray the year before, and both of those have been absolutely terrible, terrible choices. Mm. Um, yeah. From... So, what's your level of panic for your fancy MVP? For your fantasy MVP. Oh, I mean, most valuable what, player. What's this out of ten? It's out of ten, yeah. Uh, a million. Yeah. A million out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to hear that uh, hear that noise again. It's actually a three. No, um, no, it's it's uh, it's not been good uh, for me. I just I really thought the the rushing game would be there to, to prop him up. Uh, he's had a couple of decent ones, uh, fifty nine and, and forty seven. But I thought it'd be I thought it'd be higher than that, and I, I thought the throwing would be a little bit better. I, I'm fairly certain I saw DJ Moore uh, drop an absolute gimme though at one point think he could do with some better weapons about him again it, you know similar to what we were saying about uh Jameer Gibbs you know if you're in dynasty mm-hmm. I still think you've got a great asset but in a single season he's just not doing it right now um yeah I wouldn't I think I would I'd probably still sash him on the bench just in case cause I, I do I do really think it if he gets it clicking I mean with some of the games he got last year you know he was I'm pretty sure he got multiple 40 point games last year so we know he can do it um, but yeah, I'd stick him on the bench. And again, if you can get yourself a, a Purdy or a Geno Smith or you know one of those sort of guys, Jared Goff, who's been sat on the waivers for a while, I would maybe do that just just to reassure yourself because it has been a little bit worrying. Well, very worrying yeah. if, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did did you catch that alarm? No, it had nothing to do with the podcast. We live next door to a, a live dinosaur exhibit. I think my son. <laughs> Come on. It was meant to be like a Jurassic Park thing. Like, they've escaped or something. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> right. Do you want to leave that in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just quickly on They'll the birds as well. I mean, bit, of news on, bit of news on the birds. Um, did you hear this week that, this isn't a joke, Soldier Field was robbed last week. Um, is this an actual joke? No, 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 no it's not a joke. Like, it's not a joke. <laughs> if you, did you hear about the shambles? The setup's already better than the joke I know, that I just told. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, no, Soldier Field was like, like literally um, 
like hundreds of thousands of, of dollars of like workout equipment and all this stuff was stolen mm-hmm. this week. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. Which is interesting because those fans have been robbed blind for years buying season tickets to that trash team. Anyway. What funnier than my joke? Was anyway. that the joke, or did you just did you just turn into it at the end? Like wh- turned into it at the end because that's what I can do. My um, thing was serious as well. My dad. That was serious, things. yeah. But no, the Sudgefield getting burgled is legit. Um, right. The other thing is true but funny. Well, the last bit's debatable. <laughs> it's cool. waiver time. Yeah, it's waiver time. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> players that are rostered in less than fifty percent of ESPN leagues, who we think you should look at picking up if they're still available. I'm imagining lads this week will be suggesting mostly running backs, as that starting running back landscape is pretty awful so far this year. Lou, do you want to start us off? I do, and thank thank you for mentioning running backs because I'm suggesting two wide receivers hey. uh, I'm going to go Tank Tank Dell who is available in 23.5% of leagues which is ridiculous the guy is the wide receiver 13 averaging 17.4 fantasy points a game there is no reason why he shouldn't be rostered everywhere um, he along with CJ Stride look pretty legit I'd be leaning to add Dell over Collins and Woods because, you know, as a rookie, his ceiling is pretty unknown. Um, and he has led the team in targets the past two games. He's becoming that number one wide receiver on that team. I don't know how so many people aren't picking this guy up. And then I'm also going with Quentin Johnson. Johnston. Johnston. Quentin Johnston. Um, the rookie wide receiver for the Chargers. Obviously, Mike Williams. He is out for the season. Johnston, he's had a slow start, but you know he may have to emerge in this offense earlier than planned. Um, the targets vacated by Williams sort of match Johnston's skill set as well. You know, he's he's. I think he was already worth a stash. I drafted him in plenty of leagues, but I feel like with that unfortunate injury to Williams, he's a must stash. And you know, I'm not promising you pick him up this week and he's going to get going right away. But I feel like in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see Quentin Johnston start getting targets upon targets. Shackles, yeah, start with the uh, obvious one, uh, Bubba Ray's brother, Devon A Chain. Um, when I checked this earlier, he was only rostered in nineteen percent of leagues. I imagine that's going to change. Uh, I mean, fifty-one points. We've already t- spoken about it. What can you say? Not going to do that every week, obviously. But this Dolphins' offense is so high-powered. You want pieces of it, um, and yeah, he's out there. So go and get him. Don't overthink it. Uh, and the other one I've gone for slightly more obscure. Only rostered in six percent of leagues. It's uh, Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, little bit of a tricky one to predict is because uh, he had a he had a good week against Baltimore, 12 targets, 8 receptions um, for 57 yards, so a respectable uh, 14 or so points. Obviously that was with Gardner Minshew throwing in the ball, we're not sure whether Anthony Richardson's going to be coming back, he's got that cue next to him, um, but I think he's worth he's worth a pick up. Um, the Colts haven't been anywhere near as bad as we thought they were going to be, particularly the offence, and uh, obviously Michael Pittman's the number one there, uh, but I think, the, I think there's... Scope for him to be the wide receiver too. Alec Pierce hasn't been as good as I thought he'd be. So yeah, why not take a punt on Josh Downs? Nice. I'm going to suggest, firstly, Rushon Johnson, rostered in 33.4% of leagues. People are catching on, but still not rostered nearly enough. I've already been through Rushon, and I will 
be going through uh, why he's a really great player very soon. Taji Spears as well, rostered in 15.7% of leagues. Look, this guy is currently out-snapping Derek Henry, and he's actually talented. You know, a backup running back for the Titans that's actually talented, that's that's new. So he has to be rostered realistically. I do just want to mention Zay Jones and Kendrick Bourne as well. I think they're worth taking a look at as wide receivers that could have upside. And the Jaguars team kind of looks like they need uh, Zay Jones back at the minute. So yeah, it's worth taking a look at those players, but speaking of looking at things, it's week four, it's right there, it's coming around the corner, let's look at it, let's look at the players who you should be playing, and as always, we start that with... Forget about it! Players that are locked into your lineup each week, don't question it, don't overthink it, just put them in, at the quarterback position, Herbert, Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Tua, Burrow, stick with it. Forget about it! Running back McCaffrey, Eckler of his back, Pollard, Bijan. Welcome Ken Walker. Welcome Raheem Mostert. Forget about it! Wide receiver Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Jefferson, Adams, Evans, Diggs, Debo, Amanra, Alave, Chase, AJ Brown. Forget about it! It has been the, the year of the wide receivers so far. And at tight end, Kelsey Hawkinson, Andrews, Kittle. Welcome Sam Laporta. Forget about it. But into our projection beaters. The players that we're going to suggest each week that we think are going to outscore their ESPN projections and are more than worth starting in your lineups. If you're having those start set decisions, you hear a name here, go with that player. We'll start at tight end. We'll get it out of the way. Lou, who have you got? I am going with Evan Engram, tight end of the Jaguars. Listen, despite the Jaguars have been underwhelming, and but despite that, Engram's been as reliable as, as you'd want from a tight end. 18 receptions, 173 receiving yards through three games, averaging 11.8 fantasy points. That's as good as gold, really. Um, no touchdowns yet, but that could change this week against a Falcons team who are one of the better matchups for tight ends uh, through three games. They've given up over 15 fantasy points per game to the position. And also, myself and Alex Brindle and our <laughs> older brother <laughs> were going to the game in London. Um, so I think it should, it'll just be incredibly fun to have some players to root for and watch closely for this section um, at that game. So... Incredibly excited to have Evan Ingram as my tight end. Yeah, it's a this one's at Wembley, not at Spurs Field. Um, <laughs> Sharples, who's your tight end this week? Who's beating that projection? Well, um, let me preface this one first, boys. Uh, they've been doing some painting in the corridor um, of my flat, uh, and I think I might be high from the fumes because I've gone for Kyle Pitt. Um, oh <laughs> I, wow! I don't know why. Don't ask me why. I've not got any sort of uh, logical reason behind it, other than they got nine targets last week uh, against Detroit. Um, I, I don't know. I, I've just got a feeling on this one. Um, he's, Jacksonville, similar to, to what Lou said about Atlanta, are giving up a fair amount of points to tight end this season. Um, and I, ju- I just, I don't know. I think it's it's definitely my heart over my head. I just think he's got a big play in him. 
Uh, you know, it could well be like one catch, but I think he's going to go big. And I just think he's going to do something. I don't know why, you know, not been not been the greatest start to me on the projections. I'm definitely the Lewis Brindle of, of this year's one. So sometimes you've just got to swing, you from, goosed, swing for you, the fences you and go. You are as well, so that's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. And what a way to pull yourself out of a rut like picking Kyle Pitts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's just like, you've dug yourself such a deep hole that you're just keeping on digging and hoping you come out the other side, aren't you? Yeah. We're coming out in Australia, lads. Yeah. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> Tight end, I'm going to go Luke Musgrave, projected the 9.1 fantasy points. He's the rookie for Green Bay. I'm actually going to be pretty complimentary here this week at tight end. I'm not going to completely dismiss the position because I think Luke Musgrave is a good football player, believe it or not. And this Packers team, as I think we as a podcast projected, are pretty good too. Jordan Love is currently the quarterback four in the season and Musgrave's arrow in terms of involvement in this offense is just pointing up. He gets a destroyed defense this week that he's really struggling to defend tight ends and his key role in the win this past week against the Saints points towards more involvement for him. Uh, You assume on a short week as well they're going to want to do what worked the previous week. He's a talented player who I'm actually excited to start in the few leagues that I've got him and... um, I fully know that it's going to come back to bite me. <laughs> uh, let's go running back next, Lou. I'm going to go with Javonte Williams of the former NFL franchise Denver Broncos. <laughs> Coming off that game, the Broncos, they need to respond with a solid, dominant performance. Uh, so it's a good team that they're playing, the one team in the league that might actually be worse than them somehow, the Bears. Hilariously, despite the Broncos conceding 70 points last week, Vegas betting odds, right, have the Broncos favoured by three points. Let me just delete that from my notes because I had that in. Uh... Yeah, that's how bad the Burrs are. Just repeat yeah. it a minute later, Al. That's what I do. Oh, yeah. 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 Undo that delete. <laughs> Did you know as well that Jared Goff. Uh... <laughs> He started a new streak. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he started a new streak. <laughs> he did. Um, so many quarterbacks have been starting new streaks as well. Don't chill out. Um, <laughs> I do think they just, just uh, speaking of it. Sorry, I do think Justin Herbert is just set the Chargers record for longest without an interception on around the two hundred mark. I think I read that somewhere. Okay. Yeah, probably because I said it to you. Ah, uh, yes, recently. that was it. I heard it from you two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Johnny Williams, um, the Bears just gave up 153 rushing yards and two touchdowns to Kansas City. Obviously, I don't expect the game script of this game to be the same as that one, but I do think there can be quite a few opportunities for the Broncos running game in this matchup. Um, the Bears, they can't score the bottom five in both um points per game and total offence and Williams his usage has been nice to be fair, it's been nicer than I thought it would be, through three games he's averaging 11 rushing attempts and 4 targets per game um, which you know like we didn't know how this was going to shape up with him and Samaje Pirine but you know he outsnapped Pirine last week, I think we're slowly seeing Williams take back that lead role uh, that he won last year before he got injured um, he's yet to score this year. I think this game provides him with plenty of opportunities to do so in a matchup that, as I've said, Denver are going to want in a big way to prove that they are actually still worthy enough to play in the National Football League. 
Shapples, who's your running back? Uh, I've gone for Zach Moss this week of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he's against the Rams, obviously no joke, uh, good defence there, but just the, the sheer amount of volume he's been getting. Um, 18 in week two, 30 carries in week three against Baltimore. Um, turn that into 88 and 122 yards, respectively. Just think he's he's getting too many touches for him to, to not beat the projection. He's projected uh, 14.3 at the minute, yeah. uh, and not only is he getting everything on the ground, he's also had um, a, you know a few targets in each game as well. Got himself a receiving touchdown last week against that that, re- that receiving touchdown as well. Literally gave a new definition of the phrase "getting mossed." Mossed, yeah. People <laughs> refer to Zach Moss now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was that was, that was legitimate mossing. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I just think there's there's too much volume to ignore. Um, so despite the fact he's going against a staunch defense, I just think for yeah for for what for how many times he's going to touch the ball, fourteen point three is very beatable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Zach Moss this week yeah. for me. And I'm going to go for Rashawn Johnson. Projected eleven point two fantasy points. What can I say? I'm a glutton for punishment, lads. On a week where I really need to up my game with these picks, I'm seemingly going for an absolute dart throw. But my thinking is as follows: good player plus opportunity due to game script. So Rashawn Johnson, rookie running back out of Texas, he's a really good, really versatile running back. Already three weeks in, he's climbed the running back depth chart and earned a 40% snap share compared to the preseason consensus leader Khalil Herbert's 46%. The Bears are terrible, so they're going to be in a lot of hurry-up offenses, a lot of third downs, and Johnson is easily the best receiver in this running back room and the birds are so terrible that they are currently three point home under no we've done that um i agree with the line to be honest with you and i think the birds will need to use Rashawn johnson in this game enough to pass that 11 point projection so for a player who's shown flashes that 11 points might seem steep but i think it's actually a really safe floor this week for a really good player um let's go quarterback Lou. Quarterback, and let me just say, Evan Ingram projected 9.8 points, Javante Williams projected 12.6. I didn't mention that previously. Um, I'm going Trevor Lawrence projected 15.3 points at quarterback. I'm doubling down on my London game bias. Um, listen, not the greatest matchup against the Falcons. They've been pretty good on defence, but it has leaked in places, can be exploited. Well, it is a home game for the Jaguars. It is a home game for the Jaguars. Um, we'll dig there. Yeah. The Falcons, they conceded three passing touchdowns to Jordan Love in week two. 243 yards and a touchdown to Jared Goff last week. The Jags just need a get-right game. Um, as I mentioned previously in, in our little panic section, got too good of a head coach, too much talent on the field to continue to be mediocre, specifically on offense. It's one of them where I'm not I'm not exploiting a weak opponent. I'm simply putting faith in a team that I believe is decent. Um, they just need to shake a bit of a slump. Uh, and I think this is going to come in the Jags' second home of London, oh. which is what I've got in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Sharples, quarterback. Uh, yeah, gone for uh, Brock Purdy uh, this week. Uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback coming up against the Cardinals. Bit of a tough one to predict because I, I don't really know what to expect from the Cardinals um, anymore. But the fact that they were able to to score as many points as they did on that uh, Dallas defense 
shows that you know there is some signs of life there. Maybe it's going to be a, a bit more of a shootout than than first thought. And um, look, I think he's one of the safer quarterbacks that you can pick. Uh, he's projected seventeen point nine. I don't think he's going to bust. Um, whether he's a hit or not, uh, considering he's not scored more than twenty points yet this season, it's a little bit of a risk. Um, but I just think, similar to what Lou said, you know, it's 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 a good team, it's a good offense, um, and I think you just got to you just got to take players who who are in those. I mean, three hundred and ten yards and two touchdowns last week. Just need one extra touchdown from him against the Cardinals, and then and then I hit my target. So um, yeah, hoping for uh, uh, maybe maybe a little bit of a breakout game for for Brock Purdy. He's been he's been steady so far, but this is going to be the week where he where he plants that flag and gets himself in the top ten quarterbacks. I think. Yeah, it's weird that they're playing the Cardinals because it's with with the 49ers and the Cowboys at the minute, it's a bit of like uh, anything you can do, I can do better with with the playing the Giants than the Cardinals. Like the, so you're saying they're going to lose even worse yeah, to the Cardinals? Yeah, between these NFC heavyweights, you know, they're just playing the same teams and seeing who can play the best, basically. Mm. So I do think the Cardinals are going to cheat their way to another victory. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Quarterback, I'm going Jameis Winston, projected 14.4. Yeah, I'm taking some shots here because nothing else has been working so far for me this season. We know that Winston Good analysis, good fantasy projections and analysis that are not working for you? Not for my teams, no, mate. (laughs) (laughs) We know that Winston has the ability to go nuclear. We've seen it once for an entire season. Uh, With this one, I'm fully buying the revenge game narrative. The Saints are playing the books. Winston looked a little rusty when he came in this past week, but with a full week of practice, I think he'll be good to go. It also, he did help the Saints average more yards per play than Carr did when he came in, most likely due to him being way more of a gunslinger than the often pragmatic Derek Carr. I also think that the Saints have to throw the ball in this one because it was a Bucks team that's proven they can score. Okay, it was a rough game against the Eagles, but that's the Eagles. Uh, and a Saints run game that isn't what it once was, you know. They are going to have to use those wide receivers. Jamal Williams is on IR, and okay, you're getting Alvin Kamara back, but where is Alvin Kamara arguably most dangerous? It's through the air. So I think Winston's a quarterback that you can play if you're having quarterback issues, and one that I think is going to surpass his projection like like many fringe quarterbacks have this year so far. Uh, we'll finish off with the wide receivers then, Luke. Go for it. I'm going to go Jacoby Myers. Uh, Projected 14.6. Now, I'm picking Myers, even though I know Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. We we know what that means for players missing weeks, so it's a risky one. But I like Myers too much this week to twist from it, so I'm sticking with it. Um, it's a high projection, but I think Myers can eclipse it. He's averaging 22.3 fantasy points per game in games that he's played. He's missed one through injury. Um, he's having a really solid season. He's seen double-digit targets and over 80 receiving yards in both games that he's played. Clearly the number two to Devontae Adams, but I don't really think that matters when you have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who is only really interested in throwing the ball to his wide receivers. Raiders wide receiver room has dominated 71% of the team's targets, which is third highest in the league. I expect the targets to keep coming Myers' way, uh, especially against the Chargers this week, who can't stop anything through the air at all through three games. The Chargers have given up 80 completions, seven passing touchdowns, and over a 1,000 receiving yards to wide receivers. Um, 
This game also has one of the highest over-unders of the week at 47.5. I think the, the Raiders are going to have to keep up with the Chargers because the Chargers' offense has shown itself to be able to put up points this year. So Myers, this passing game, going to have to be utilized a lot this week. I'm confident in him. Sharps, round us off with your wide receiver. Yeah, I'm going for a guy that I drafted very late on. Uh, he's been sat on my bench for the first three weeks, but he's forced his way into my starting lineup. Currently the wide receiver nine on the season. Adam Thielen, uh, wide receiver for the Carolina mm. Panthers. Two big the weeks. Wide receiver nine. Wide receiver yeah. nine. Started what? off very slow with 3.2. Then he got 20.4 and just this past week, 31.5. No um, way, I did not know that. Yeah. And I will okay. say the first two cool. weeks were obviously with Bryce Young. Last week was with Andy Dalton, so I'm hoping it's going to be Andy Dalton again uh, when they face Minnesota this week. A little bit of a revenge game for Thielen too. I think he was drafted by the Vikings, spent a good um, good number of years there. He's projected 13, the Vikings, yeah. uh, 13.2. Um, and yeah, I mean, 14 targets last week, 11 receptions, 145 yards for a touchdown. Um Probably heavily dependent on whether it's Andy Dalton there or not. Um, I'm hoping it is. But even if it's Bryce Young, I don't see him busting. I don't think he'll he'll have quite as many um, targets. But in that second week with Bryce Young, he had nine targets, seven receptions, touchdown for for 20 points. And so I think he's relatively safe. And obviously he's got that big ceiling. Uh, Vikings defense, obviously we've been talking about them earlier. Not great. Potential um, for a high-scoring game. Um, and yeah, hopefully that little bit of revenge, hopefully they're going to target him in the red zone. Adam Thielen, let's see what he can do. I, I knew it was going to come full circle and it, w- it would work out eventually. Do you remember I said about dinosaurs before? Yeah. Adam Thielen's old. There we go. Yeah. On the always, other end... always stick with the joke, no matter how crap it is. <laughs> <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, I'm going Tank Dell. Projected 12.2 fantasy points. Dell, rookie wide receiver for the Houston Texans, fully broke out this past week. He was really good the week prior with seven for 72 and a touchdown, but this week, five for one for five and a touchdown, the most single-game receiving yards by a rookie in Texans history. He looks really fast. CJ Stroud looks really good. He's thrown a ton of yards, and this Texans team looks like a together unit under D'Amico Ryan's. Do I think they'll all of a sudden be a revelation? No. Do I think they're even going to have a winning record at the end of the season? No. But do I think they'll be able to score a million and one more points than they did last year? Absolutely yes. As much as we expected Nico Collins to be the number one on this team, I I think he's been good, but you can't ignore what the rookie's done this past few weeks. Plus, we've seen Collins for a couple of years now. We know he's a nice wide receiver, but guys like him who, who are in the league a few seasons they're highly unlikely to break out all of a sudden whereas Dell on the other hand is that unknown commodity regardless of his collegiate tape how highly rated he was or wasn't the the possibility in the the possibilities in the NFL are, are, are endless hence why I feel he's so much more exciting season long than Collins and this week um, he gets to play the Steelers as well that pass rush yeah, it's not going to be fun for Strode, but the Texans are passing the ball at the eighth highest rate in the league, so I don't see that suddenly stopping based on this matchup. And look, you don't get 17 targets over two games as a rookie unless you earn them. You don't lead the team in first reads unless you earn it. I think Dell almost surpasses that 12-point projection mark on yards alone this week on in a game that the Texans really should feel as though they could win. 
But we'll finish off, as we always do, with Alex Sharples and his week four game tiers. Is it is it better than last week, Sharples? I feel like we had a heavy mess section we did, last week. We did. I've tried I've tried to be more optimistic and there is a, a more even split between good meh and bad. Uh, we've got five in the good, five in the meh, four in the bad, but only one in the great. Probably quite easy to predict. But we'll start with the bad. Uh, you might have a couple of complaints on these, but uh, Titans, Bengals, uh, Saints, Bucks, Bears, Broncos, early contender for toilet bowl of the season, Texans, Steelers, toilet bowl World Jets Series, Chiefs, because I'm just that so is, low yeah. down on the Jets right now. Yeah, I, th- I think the the, the Bengals Titans one is there's still two good teams. It's two different narratives. Why the though? It's, it's the Bengals not being all like fully at it. And the injuries, and then the Titans also uh, being a really well coached team, but maybe coming to the end of the cycle. So, yeah, you want it to be a better game than this season, as you believe it it will be so far. I just I feel like I'm pretty sure I've picked the Bengals to be at least good in the past few weeks, and they've let me down. So I had to just you know send them to the naughty step for for one week, and hopefully they'll get themselves out of it. Uh, moving on to the Met. We've got the Jags, Falcons, Colts versus the Rams, Panthers, Vikings, Eagles versus the Commanders, and the Giants versus the Seahawks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Happy with them? Sounds about right to me. Okay. Um, Uh, I think we are over here, mate. Yeah, we're happy with them. Yep. Good to know. Uh, Into the good. Uh, We've got the Packers versus the Lions. Browns Ravens, I under yeah. about, but I'm being optimistic. It's you know inter inter division, so Browns Ravens in there. Chargers yeah, Raiders Browns, Ravens Raiders haven't started great, but I've just got a good feeling about this match. Um, got the Niners against the Cardinals. Hopefully the Cardinals going to be come out swinging like they did against the Cowboys, and then finally the Cowboys versus the Patriots. Uh, two stingy defenses playing each other in that one. Yeah, I I, I would. I think you could argue that the Lions Packers is great, looks great with the rivalry and all that, and the two teams playing as they are at the minute. If, if there's one game that could creep into that great section, I think it's that. Just, I agree. You know, I, I just I, I think the Browns Ravens um, has the the potential to be like ten to six or something stupid like that, really. And to finish it off, uh, the lone great game, as I make it, uh, Bills-Dolphins. Don't there's much to complain about on that yeah. one. Yeah, That's going to be great. And that's that's at six o'clock as well. Like, the, that's, that's a, that is a prime time game, if I've ever said. This is why they shouldn't, like, I'm sure many, many, many people have said this over the years, but, like, they shouldn't lock in those prime time no. games. Um no. Uh, before the season because you never know how a team's going to shake out you never know if your star quarterback's going to get injured you never know if a team is going to score 70 points and then come up against a division rival the next week you never yeah. know if you're going to make people watch Zach Wilson <laughs> yeah. on TV uh, quick one lads guess the spread on that Dolphins-Bills game oh my days I would say that's really tough it is um, it's at in Buffalo isn't in it? Bu- yeah. if it's in Buffalo I would go Buffalo minus three, Sharples. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah, it, it is Buffalo okay. minus three. Um, I'm taking the points with Dolphins there. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, points, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'm not. Yeah. I, I really. I'm not sure. Yeah. But 
last week we had to retire the closing thought segment because we had an email, but I think we're going to have to unretire it because no emails this week. Um, so as for closing thoughts, I would just like you to and everyone who listens to go and look up the video of the Jets fans' teeth falling out. He was that angry at Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. So that yeah. can be a nice closing thought for this week. Please do email in some questions. Uh, if you have any, we'll be more than happy to read your questions, your thoughts, your your insults out in this part of the podcast. But thank you very much for listening. If you go into any of the London games, enjoy. I'm sure we will. Uh, and see you in the next one. Goodbye. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>